Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Bally Sports. Miami mic'd up with me, Jeremy Taché, and I'm super excited to bring you guys a Miami Marlins off-season episode here and what's already been a pretty eventful off-season for Miami. As you guys all know, now in the last week or so, Sandy Alcantara was named the 2022 National League Cy Young Award winner. Obviously, well-deserved for Sandy, so congratulations to him. But even potentially more eventful news, earlier this offseason, the Miami Marlins hired their new manager, and that is Skip Schumacher, and that is also who I'll be speaking with on today's episode of Miami Mic'd Up. But with the offseason in full swing, I also wanted to let you guys know that single-game tickets go on sale for the Marlins on Friday, November 25th. So in just a couple of days when you're listening to this, it'll be limited 2023 single-game tickets on sale for the Marlins. And those single-game ticket buyers will also receive pre-sale access for the World Baseball Classic single-game tickets. And I'll tell you guys, you're going to want to be at the World Baseball Classic. I've been before. It's really, really, really fun. So for a limited time only, go to marlins.com slash tickets. And that will be to watch Skip Schumacher's Miami Marlins. So without further ado, here is Skip Schumacher on Miami Mic'd Up. And now it is my pleasure to welcome the new Marlins manager, Skip Schumacher, to the podcast. Skip, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to join me today. Yeah, still feels weird to hear that uh, next to my name, but I'm excited to be here. I can't even imagine how, how surreal this whole process has been for you. Before we get in to, to all of that and everything that's come over the last month, I want to ask you first, Outside of work, outside of baseball, what's something that's recently brought you joy? Surfing, surfing, surfing. And, yeah, surfing and kids. Um, I, I have two young kids, fourteen and twelve, um, and I always needed an outlet when I was a player or a coach, other than because it was just baseball, 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 and I wanted to get away from my phone, right? Yeah. So, and I needed something to do with my kids forever. And I didn't like golf. I eliminated frustration in my life when I quit baseball. So I didn't want to add to it with too golf. Much failure, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, so surfing, I grew up by the beach with my dad. My dad worked at uh, LA County Beaches and Harbors. So I kind of knew the beach scene and yeah. grew up surfing. And then uh, my kids kind of um, fell into it because I loved it so much. And um, so that's always been my outlet. So kind of doing that with my kids has been joyful. Yeah. How, how cool is that to be able to teach them something that's been your outlet that way too? That's got to be very uh, full circle and like meditative experience almost, I'm sure. sure. Um, so being named Skip your whole life, I imagine, you know, to me, I think that gives you about 40 years of managerial experience. Do you like already being called Skip? Does that help you as, as, as a skipper here? Uh, I mean, t- <laughs> I played for Tony La Russa and he reminded me every day that you might be Skip, but I'm the skipper. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I so, love it. Um, so that was uh, always reminded of that for eight years playing under Tony. But it was, um, yeah, my dad nicknamed <laughs> me that years ago. Yeah. And um, I had a few Jareds on my T-ball team and I could do some stuff athletically, but I couldn't skip for whatever reason. <laughs> I can dominate a skip now. I like that. Um, yeah, well, yeah, of yeah, course, yeah, yeah. If, if you get but, nicknamed uh, Skip, I'm sure it's ultimately going to make you want to know how to do it. Yeah, exactly. Pretty funny how I'm still named Skip after, after all these years. years whatever, yeah. That's awesome. Well, well and um, as now the skipper of the Miami Marlins, you said it yourself still weird to hear that in in front of your name hey the the manager of the marlins over the last month or so what have you sort of processed that's been you know since the first time we spoke to you at your introductory press conference what have you sort of taken on in the last month that you've processed and been like okay this is something new 
A lot of things, right? I mean, I, I think there's a lot of responsibility when you are sitting in this seat. And first and foremost, um, you know, getting to know the players. But I guess something new, gosh, you know, f- um, whether it's free agency, mm-hmm. figuring out um, trade scenarios, you know, all that stuff that I never really was a part of before. I guess you get asked questions on people's makeup and if there are fits in different organizations, whether I was in San Diego or St. Louis. Um, but never really having um, sat down and kind of like, okay, here are the scenarios. You know, what are we, you know, what are we thinking here? Right. And you know, it's it's. All, but you know, having said that, you know, you realize how good of a team you have already in house. If we can just stay healthy, we'll be fine. Right. Um, better than fine, we'll be good. So I think that's gonna that's the main concern. And then trying to figure out how to keep our guys healthy. So new is being in this seat, trying to figure out, you know roster construction a little bit more yeah and then the health and trying to keep our guys healthy for 162 has been is going to be the biggest challenge is that something that that you had conversations with 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 kim and the ownership group about before you ever got here was like hey i want to be able to be a part of roster construction and have those conversations or was that sort of something that they brought to you from the very beginning yeah i think being collaborative is important um but i also know that i'm not a gm um Mm. and i don't ever claim to be that is a tough gig and so i think my job is to get build a staff who gets the best version of the 26 players that we have and whatever player she gives me is try to get the best version of them every single day. Um, trying to play GM is a dangerous uh, role, or a, sure. um, and I don't really want to have my staff do that, have any of my players do that, even up to the trade deadline, not think about that kind of right. stuff. Because if you do that, then you're not worried about the guys that you have inside your, your clubhouse and your team. Um, and so I'm... I get more excited about learning our players right now and and get what you know see what makes them tick and what sure. motivates them and as opposed to like looking at you know 50 different names on the market and see what can help us well speaking of the guys that that you already have we'll start with with sort of the headliner um just named the 2022 national league cy young award winner sandy alcantara what is it about sandy's game that stands out to you as a pitcher that you believe makes him unique well, there's a few things. Uh, it feels like he's just playing catch, and mm. it's 98. Um, so it's just a very simple delivery, repeatable. Um, every every release point feels like it's this. It, whether it's an off-speed pitch or fastball, looks the same. So it's very difficult for us last year to game plan against Sandy because yeah. everything looks the same coming out of his hand, which is super unique. Um, and he doesn't exert a ton of energy every pitch right it right. literally looks like he's just playing catch with his dad out there <laughs> right um so that's uh that's probably the most unique part a lot of these guys that throw so hard it's just these you know huge body movements and torquing and you're afraid of you know the longevity of a guy like that where a guy like sandy is just um it's so impressive to watch him and how repeatable his delivery is well obviously all of us have, have loved watching it for you as a guy who who played with Wainwright and Carpenter and like those, those kind of workhorse mentality pitchers. How much do you enjoy seeing a guy in the game, in the modern game, like Sandy, who just 
you know, never wants to come out of the game. How much do you enjoy that as a manager? Yeah, uh, well, not so much last year because I wanted him out of the <laughs> right. game in the fifth. Um, right. But yeah, you want that kind of bulldog mentality of like the best teammate ever for four days. And then that fifth day, like mm. you don't want to be around the guy because he's such a, like the lion type of guy or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, that's how Chris Carpenter was, Wainwright, Clayton Kershaw, you were not allowed to like talk to at all. Like, um, you know, he was fully spiked up at like three o'clock just like zoned in Mm -hmm. um and you know mel and donnie and his staff you know before i got here has done a great job with sandy so it's nothing i've done um it's been you know the marlins you know um giving this guy everything he needs to be this type of of pitcher and to have that mindset of like i'm going nine today is very rare in uh today's game um and you want the guy that does is standing on the mound when you're coming out and like not handing me the ball, he's like, you have to take it from me. Yeah. Um, and you don't see that in today's game much often, too often. Right. Yeah. There's 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 a few guys still out there. You know, almost feel like holdovers from that previous era of guy who who were doing that all the time. So it is great to see a young guy like Sandy do it. Have you have you had much of a chance to get to know him at all yet off the field? Have you had any conversations? Yeah, it's just over phone um, mm-hmm. and th- via text. But you know, he's such a nice kid, right? Yeah, like, it's and crazy. that's what's. Um, so great to hear on the other side of like it's genuine it's not fake yeah um family man great teammate you talk to teammates around him he just is loved by everybody um so when you have that combination like an adam wainwright who's such a good person um on and off the field and then you have a cy young award winner every fifth day i mean that combination is tough to to come by yeah it's it's um from everything we have seen from Sandy in and around the clubhouse, he he is that dude. Um, are there any other guys on this team that stand out to you as, hey, I can't wait to manage that guy because either I feel I can get the most out of him or his tools excite me or anybody else on the team that, that stands out immediately when I say that? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple guys I'm excited about. A healthy jazz is exciting. You know, if we get him to have 600 at-bats, um, you know, that changes the, that changes, you know, who we are as a team and our win loss record is much different. If we have a healthy 600 at bats from jazz, um, De La Cruz, I'm excited to see what, what happens with him, um, through 500 at bats. If he gets the, if he, um, gets that opportunity, which we expect him to Luzardo, um, has elite stuff. Um, and you know, he can be a number one on many teams, mm-hmm. um, our team has a couple dudes <laughs> on that staff. And then I feel, feel like uh, Rogers' uh, bounce back year um, is exciting. Um, you know, he had he was so good the year before. And you know what? It's okay to have a hiccup. Mm. And I think a lot of people just assume this is just going to be an easy ride. Once you have one good year, you're just going to have nine more great right. years. It doesn't happen like that. And there, if you look at Chris Carpenter or even Wainwright or Doc Holiday, like it's some of these guys have a little bit of learning and growing pains, and but it, then you find out who you are as a player, and um, so I'm excited to see what he looks like in spring training. All of us are uh, certainly excited to see that bounce back from him and, and the continued acceleration of all of these young players you just named. Um, you've talked a lot about early on here in your tenure about building relationships and how important that is to you. So. To, to you, what goes into building a, a great and strong relationship, whether that's people around this building, people in your clubhouse, or anywhere else? What's most important in sort of laying the groundwork there? 
yeah, it's people in this building, it's front office, it's clubhouse staff, it's players. It's not just like me and my staff and that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this, the, the only way this thing works is it to be aligned and there's one message. And, you know, I had dinner with Avisel Garcia a few weeks ago and, um, you know, spending a couple hours with each guy and everybody has a story, right? Mm-hmm. You just don't want to know about like their baseball stats, but to get them on a personal level and find out exactly who they are, because you didn't just get here and become a big leaguer, right? right? Like there's, you had a story and some, it's not easy for everybody. There's, I can't tell you if there's one person that I've, a big leaguer that I've been around who just was, it was just so easy and <laughs> such a breeze and just got here and it was an all-star and a hall of famer. Like it right. doesn't happen like that. You know, I just, I was a teammate with Albert Pujols and coached him last year and I was 13th rounder. So it was not easy, right? Um, so getting to know their story, getting to know uh, Avi's story was great. Um, and just that, so that's how it starts is getting the connection on a personal level. Well, and Kim mentioned um, during the introductory press conference, your, your steadiness and consistency, that those were things that sort of stood out to her about you and your personality. Is that something that comes naturally? Is that a, a conscious effort? Is there like mindfulness that goes into that? Or is that just sort of the type of guy you are, sort of even keel no matter the situation? Uh, I try to be as even keel as I can. I mean, there, you'll see me snap, I'm sure. Um, actually, my first career ejection was here uh, a few years ago. I was with the Padres. saw it on YouTube. Okay, I was yeah. doing research for this. Um, it was really fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was my first career. Really? I've been a pro for, since 2001. Yeah. And that was the first time I had enough of watching that strike zone. Um, <laughs> but uh, I feel like... like if you're um, a passenger on a plane and, and there's turbulence and you see that the um, the pilot like start to panic, mm. right? Then you're like, buckle up, here we go, right? right? But if the turbulence is happening and you see the pilot and he grabs a Starbucks and he starts drinking it, you're <laughs> like, all right, everything's gonna be okay. So to me, it, the you always look at the manager as a player, his reaction sometimes on sometimes good stuff, bad stuff, like you kind of look almost like a son to his dad like during a game, like, uh, is that gonna be okay? Mm. Um, and for me at 162, you gotta be like this. Um, of course, you're gonna build up players this game's hard you got to have them feel good about themselves and it's going to be okay type of attitude a lot having a staff around me um, that has that similar type of mindset is important Um, but I'm also a guy that is going to hold you accountable right Um, and I I believe in like winning is important especially Mm -hmm. at this level and I don't really know another way besides that and so I kind of have an idea what winning looks like and holding that standard every day is important to me so even keel yes um, I've been known to snap uh, (laughs) that's for sure and uh, but I don't plan on doing that often so all that said how hands-on do you want to be as a manager and by that I mean I know so much of of being the manager sort of letting your your coaches who work with these guys on specific things every single day be more of the messengers so how much do you plan to communicate directly with players or will it be more of a hey me and my staff are on the same page and in turn it's sort of a trickle down from there no we're hand- I mean that's why you're here right. right to get the player better I don't believe in micromanaging um, but I also don't believe in like stay in your lane approach um, we're here to get them better so if you see something that's why I hired you say it yeah like why are you holding it back because you're gonna offend somebody like I don't believe in that I don't buy in in that mm. um, 
I will say it's a little bit different if you know I you know told you something to tell a player and then I just go behind you and say it right Correct. then you did then Correct. you have some of this happen and I've seen that before on different staffs and it doesn't work that way um, so I do think that being hands-on is important um, having an open door policy I know every manager says that does every manager believe that probably not um, and you don't want the player to feel intimidated coming in um, there and so like I do feel like hands-on is is the way to go and um, but again I don't I hired a staff to coach and mm. not to to feel like they're being micromanaged absolutely when we talk about the the style of this team if I say to skip Schumacher my ideal team will be blank what would you fill in that blank with well, I believe that really good baseball, winning baseball, is boring baseball. Huh. So you're not going to, like, a lot of fans don't want to hear that. But, so explain, yeah, explain that. Yeah, so boring baseball is you catch the ball <laughs> um, and you deliver it to the first baseman and you catch the fly ball and you throw strikes. Um, so clean. Clean baseball is boring baseball, mm -hmm. right? Like, you watch the playoffs. It's just every play is made. Um, and I think, you know, with our pitching staff catching the ball is the most important part <laughs> yeah. because we are going to be, you know, have one of the best pitching staffs in the game. If we allow extra outs to happen, then, you know, we put ourselves in situations where we can't get out of and we'll lose the game. So I believe in, in the detail-oriented uh, side of it. Um, so boring baseball, yes. However, we have some dynamic players. Um, we have guys that can run the bases and, and play the game the right way. Um, so I would say um, patiently aggressive would be good. Ooh, okay. Uh, and I would say that because of the preparation um, and you know picking your spots and to, when to be aggressive. But I, I don't want you to mistake the boring baseball with not aggressive um, baseball with some of our dynamic players that's the uh it's like the old john wooden be quick but don't hurry kind of yeah. line there um when we talk about aggressiveness you know there are teams that existed like cleveland right where it was a lot of you know bunts and stolen bases and and kind of producing via small ball and playing great defense you look at their middle infield i mean tremendous this season and then there are other teams that try to sort of out slug you if I'm looking at a spectrum, and, and obviously this roster can and will probably change in the time we have this conversation to where the season starts, but from the like Cleveland to New York spectrum of small ball to home runs, where do you see this team fitting in there? I know you want to be well-rounded, but but what type of style do you anticipate playing? I think you, um, you as a team, you take what the game gives you. So there's going to be some times where you face really good pitching and you're not going to outslug that other team. Mm -hmm. um, that's just what it is. So you have to figure out how to win today. Sometimes winning today is going to be bunt, get them over, get them in. Sometimes win today is we're going to have to outslug them. That's just kind of how yeah. it works. Um, and you kind of feel, you get a sense for how your club's doing. If we're struggling scoring runs, we might be having a little more action that day. Mm. Um, if our team is just, you know, hitting on all cylinders, then that's when you kind of take a step back and say, you know, let's go, boys. You know, go for it. You know, kind of watch it and have fun with it. Um, so you're going to have some uh, peaks and valleys on your offense. As an offensive crew uh, or a staff, we are trying to eliminate the valleys, right? Mm. And really even eliminate the peaks. We're trying to have like the, as consistent of an offense as you can. You know, last year in St. Louis, we had Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, who were MVP candidates. Right. Obviously, one won the MVP. And Albert Pujols' second half was pretty historic. <laughs> but for the most part, 
you know, slug home runs don't happen every single game, right? And, you know, we had the Tommy Edmonds and the Brendan Donovans and these guys that, you know, put value in putting the ball in play and getting on base. So as long as you're putting pressure on the defense, then you have a good chance every night with our pitching. And that's kind of the goal. You played a bunch of different positions in your career. Um, you also talked about it and it kind of made me laugh where you're like, you don't want to be on the bench, but having been on the bench some during your career too, that gave you a perspective as a manager. So how do you think sort of seeing the game from so many different angles will ultimately has helped you as a coach and will be able to help you as a manager? Yeah, I think that um, open line of communication is is big. For It was for me to know when I was playing, when I should be ready to play in that game. Um, if I was playing a guessing game, then I didn't know where I was at. And I would think in a, in a game like today is present game where there's so much platooning that has to be communicated even Absolutely. more. Yeah. And even more so now, it's almost like the night before you're, you're letting them know um, exactly where they're at. And then when they come in that day, kind of have a role and a game plan, not a scripted game plan, because this game, you just never know what's going to happen, but have an idea of when we might use you at, at a bullpen or when we might use you mm -hmm. on the offensive side of a p particular matchup is lining up. But the communication part, like, you know, playing everywhere, um, knowing what position I was going to play that day or the next day so I could get ready the day before and, you know, defensive reps or whatever it was, um, was really, really important. So, listen, the, the player just wants to know where they stand. Yeah. And um, the communication part, if it's a tough conversation or an easy one, either way, at least I know. And um, and that's that's kind of the what I want to get across to to our clubhouse. Certainly, um, I need to hear your best Albert Pujols story. As someone who was alongside Albert Pujols for so long, one of the, if not the greatest right-handed hitter of this century, um, and that's understating how how great he is in the history of the game. Uh, is there anything that stands out from your time with him that is either like a you would not believe this guy or that is something that you believe you will be able to take from having been with him now as a manager to impart on on your players? Man, I know um, there's got to be a million different yeah, things that come I, to mind. I, first of all, I think you're right. For me, he is the greatest right handed hitter of all time. I know I've gotten pushback from that, Say from, it. you know, and that and that's OK. <laughs> and I've said it in the media before. And, and um, I think when you play with a guy and you see him produce every single day in high leverage situations and not just hit a home run when it's you're up nine nothing or down yep. nine nothing um hit three home runs in a world series game i mean this guy is ridiculous right mm -hmm. um his re relentless preparation is probably what i take away from the most uh, from from his career even last year when he was getting pinch hit for or pinch hitting at his age with seven home runs already Pretty amazing his routine was still the same as it was in 2005 when i first came up with t-work soft toss machine it was the same exact thing um is what i take away from the most and it's why st louis is where they are is because these young it's the ripple effect these young kids just got to watch this and i remember it in, in spring training i got there at like 7 30 my first big league camp and he was like finishing up his routine and i'm like oh man i'm how is this even possible like i thought it was early talk about leading by example he's finishing yeah and so that's that's how this thing works right and the sustainability in that that system work and that's where we want to get to here is like who's going to be leading that charge here for our young kids and i think now the most impressive thing i would say <laughs> of all the things um we're taking bp and he just grabs a ball in in st louis there's a big mac land in yeah yeah second tier mm -hmm in left field and he just picked up a ball usually where the fungo hitters hit 
um, you know, ground balls, like the coaches he just hit ground balls. He tossed it up and just hit it and hit it in the middle Come of the big knack land. Get yeah. out of here. Yeah, That's and I was insane. like, yeah, it's insane. So um, that was probably the most That's impressive amazing. thing I've seen, um, uh, other than, you know, the 700 homers right. he hit off. <laughs> right. There were 400 different pitchers. Right. Other yeah. than the 700 homers, that's probably most impressive. Yeah, I did never well, see I, like I want. Unfortunately, we're going to have to schedule a part two so I can get all into the Cardinal way uh, with you because I had all sorts of stuff there, uh, including Big Mac. But uh, let's do a couple of quick rapid fire things and we'll wrap up and we'll get going and sure. that'll be the end of this. So um, just to try to get to know you a little bit off the field, outside of baseball, uh, three favorite musical artists, if you could name them, or are you not into music? Oh, no. I, Big I, music yeah, guy? Yeah, I love I Big love music, music guy. Yeah, yeah. Good. So growing up, it was Green Day. I loved Green Hell Day. Yeah. yeah. Um, more recently, it's been more on the countryside. Okay. Um, um, so it was like Jason Aldean and sure. Eric Church were kind of like where my wife and I will go. Dan and Shay is where yeah, my, yeah. my daughter really loves. Cool. Uh, my son loves Bradley Zimmer, Zimmerman. Ah. Like, uh, wow. is that Bradley right? Bradley Zimmerman? I have no uh, idea. We'll find no, out. I, it does sound, yeah, like Ryan Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Bradley something. Uh, but I'll anyway, have to look um, it up. But yeah, I'll, I'll figure out exactly. Green Day. But, um, but Green Day was like um, my number one listen to. And um, yeah, so it was, that's kind of a wide, wide range. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Um, did you have a favorite walk-up song from your career? It was Jason Aldean, Dirt Road. There you go. Um, best pitcher you ever faced? Clayton Kershaw, 0 for 6, five strikeouts, Ooh. double play ball. Yeah, Ooh. that was his first career uh, strikeout and his first career batter face. So, wow. yeah, we didn't have any video on him. It was a YouTube video kind of like on the internet. So uh -huh. we had no idea what we were about to face. And I was leading off that game in Dodger Stadium and he was like a 19 year old kid. I'm like, I'm just gonna ambush this kid, whatever. Like, welcome to the big leagues. And he completely dominated me. So those had to be some fun stories later. Oh on yeah, to be able I played to talk with him, and he's a good, one of the better human beings around. So he still gives me crap about that. That's so, amazing. Yeah, That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, favorite movie? Oof. Um, favorite movie? Gosh, I'm such a Will Ferrell fan, but all right. Yeah, I mean, Step Brothers is way up there. <laughs> So I'm just gonna go step. Go with step brothers. Yeah. This is great. Green Day and step brothers, man. We can yeah. hang out anytime. Uh, let's see here. I don't want to give you all of these because we're gonna let you go. Um, does pineapple go on pizza? Yeah. Good. Um, <laughs> uh, is there a celebrity that you've met that has made you go like wow, or a celebrity that you've desperately wanted to meet? Yeah, I don't really get, uh, I don't understand how yeah. that people react to celebrities. So, because yeah. it just never has done, I'd never had that feeling like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, because I just feel like that's just what they do as a job. Correct. Um, so, no, there's, I haven't had that like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to meet this celebrity. Okay. Other than like, um, you know, what they've done for the community or that type of thing. Mm. That, that's been exciting to meet him sure. or her, but it hasn't been like, oh man, uh, you know, I, I'm shaking because I'm <laughs> right. this particular right. person. Yeah. Uh, unlike some of the people who are probably going to feel that way about meeting you on, on I don't your think first so. day here. Yeah, I, I think, think so. so. I think yeah, that's yeah, what's about so. to happen. And then, all right, I'm going to wrap it up here. We're at Thanksgiving, um, Mount Rushmore of Thanksgiving food. Give me four dishes that got to go on the Thanksgiving plate for you. Four, whether it's sides, main course, whatever. Four yeah. things that can go on your, have to go on your Thanksgiving plate. Yeah, uh, so honey baked ham. One. Uh, my mom's uh, baked turkey. Perfect. Yeah. Um, mom's special recipe. Yeah. Um, my grandma's potato and mashed potato. And then um, 
uh, mac and cheese, but I need cranberry. <laughs> so I'll go cranberry sauce on the. It's good to know we, we've yeah. got one left off. It's yeah. really a top five. Mac and cheese would be there. Well, Skip Schumacher, thankful for this interview. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving with your family. And uh, yeah, thanks again for joining me today on Miami Mic'd Up. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Bally Sports Florida's Miami Mic'd Up with me, Jeremy Taché. And a special thank you to our national sponsor in Southeast Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealers or toyota.com today and take advantage of the amazing deals on their full line of vehicles. No matter your destination, Toyota goes with you. Toyota, let's go places.